One Earth, our program for the environment. Today's episode is a continued conversation with Karma Dendup, the founder of Jamsim Mandi. And today we will learn more about an eco-friendly, plant-based and vegetarian diet. Stay tuned. Let's begin with the introduction. So I'm Karma Dendup. I used to work for the BBS TV here as a lifestyle and culture unit uh, producer and uh, like you yourself know here so i was the the head of my department and i was the secretary i was the what do you call it the aide the support staff basically it was one person leading a unit mm-hmm. uh, by himself and um, i'm very grateful to everything that i have had because of having worked in the BBS and uh, after i resigned from the BBS what i do is i have a small inheritance for, uh, through the hard work of my parents so that affords me the time that i can spend with my daughters i have two daughters now and my wife and uh, while i would like to call myself a filmmaker a tv host or a freelance journalist and all of that mm-hmm. what i identify myself most as is a Bhutanese citizen and um, more of a father and a husband than anything else and uh, even what i do with regard to changsem monday be it bodhi tree bhutan my buddhism show which used to be called chanchupshing on bbs yes but i've been continuing with the show as a youtube channel and a facebook and an instagram page and while all of those things are are branches of of the person that i am the trunk of it is that i'm a father and uh, fatherhood has has been a boon a gift to me that that has made me see life and in a, in a whole new way and it's also put on this uh, responsibility on my shoulder to leave a better planet for my daughters and i hope that with the work and everything that i do i'm able to expand that responsibility mm-hmm. to the rest of the future generations of Bhutan and the rest of the world. to sustain this lifestyle and with regard to uh, my vegetarian journey uh, i have learned it the hard way because the first time i went uh, vegetarian i went about it not in an intelligent way and i suffered i was physically 
uh, unhealthy and I came back and then my parents and you know especially my mom uh, put me back on a meat diet in an attempt to get uh, get me back to uh, health but the second time around uh, I uh, that is after I started Chunks of Monday yes. and uh, I've been able to do it more intelligently and uh, I have to give credit where it's due and thanks to my wife because she takes care of I'm not saying that women should be in the kitchen preparing food I try to help out with whatever I can <laughs> yes. the dishwashing is my department so I am uh, in fact I forgot to mention when you asked me for my introduction I should have shared that I am a professional I really take pride in how I do my dishes so with regard to that uh, so thanks to my wife mm. I've been able to sustain this uh, vegetarian life and uh, nice. I I eat very healthy nice. and uh, because of that I although uh, I am now in my in my 40s I look much younger than most of my friends is what they say some of my colleagues here in office also tell me that I look much better and younger. Mm-hmm. In fact, a few of them who I just met recently as well also. And I attribute all of this to the vegetarian and healthy lifestyle that I've mm. adopted. A lot of people are curious about the health benefits of a vegetarian lifestyle also. So if you could share some of the key health advantages while you in this journey of being a vegetarian. So yes. if, if you could share about some of the health benefits as well. Yes. A quick disclaimer would also be because uh, because Tandi has invited me here to speak and I was told that it's an environmental program mm. and I was going to share in the beginning of the show that I am by no means an environmental expert. In that same way, I'm not a nutrition expert as well, but whatever I share mm-hmm. is from experience. And uh, with regard to nutrition, what happens is what we need to do is we need to look at our physiology to mm-hmm. begin with. Mm-hmm. If we look at ourselves, uh, we don't have claws. We do have nails and if we don't trim them, they <laughs> might turn into claws, but that's a different you know, yes, matter totally. altogether. But we don't have claws like uh, per se, like, like, like predators, like a predator, like uh, and canines, like how cats do and even how dogs do mm-hmm. or how bears or tigers, you know, all these uh, carnivore animals have claws. And in that very same light, we have flat teeth. These are the most noticeable attributes of a human being. Mm -hmm. And when people start genetically sequencing and trying to look at what our human physiology, I mean, like, what does it resemble or what does it come closest to? We come almost, I think, 99.9 or something like that, close to primates. By primates, these are monkeys, gorillas, Mm -hmm. you know, all these uh, apes. And when you look at what a primate consumes, what an animal consumes, uh, and what uh, the flat teeth and the claws, which I'm get, going to get, mm-hmm. uh, speak a little bit more uh, in detail about, most of them, what they consume is plants. And the reason why I wanted to highlight the teeth as well as the claws is, first of all, we don't have the claws to you know, jump or pounce on animals. Nowadays, we are so-called civilized. Mm-hmm. Would, there's a reason why I would call it civilized, so-called civilized as well also. But... but we don't have those claws to jump on our prey. Secondly, we have flat teeth, which means when we chew our food, we chew it from left to right. We grind our food. And we grind our food because we are genetically made evolutionary. Evolution is proof of the fact that we were made to eat plants and vegetables and grains, mm. you know, because we chew it left to right. Now, if you compare this with a carnivore, mm. with an animal like, say, a tiger mm-hmm. or a lion, they have even a cat you don't even need to go far uh, into the wilderness to see that if you look at a cat Mm -hmm. they have fangs and they have 
So when they chew, what they do is they chomp on it and then they swallow it. They don't, you can't ask a cat to go left to right. It'll break its, uh, you know, fangs and its uh, canine teeth. While we can, and that's one of the proofs that people, uh, when they, whenever they say that, you know, we were, we were designed, evolution is, the, uh, is proof of the fact that we were designed to eat plant. Now, if we go into our body, then if you look at our digestive system, mm. then I believe the small intestine, like I shared with you, Tandin, when you asked me that I was going to be a guest on this show, I said that I might get my stats and my data wrong, but yes. there's always Uncle Google or Auntie Google, whichever gender you want to assign <laughs> to them. So whoever's listening to this, they can always cross-check and get the accurate data, mm. which is out there for everyone to see. It's, it's broadest data. I mean, now nowadays, you don't have an excuse to say that I don't know. So with regard to our intestine as well also, I believe um, the human intestine, especially the small intestine, mm. it's almost eight or nine times or maybe even 10 times our height. And why this is interesting and why this is important to share about our health is because the comparison that I was trying to draw with regard to carnivore animals and humans, in that very same way, I believe if you dissect a lion or a a cheetah or a leopard or a tiger, they are supposed carnivores have a very short, small intestine. Mm Now, the reason why they do this, the, the, the reason that most biologists share it's like this or nutritionists share the fact and they highlight this point is the fact that when you consume meat, it's not that mute, uh, meat doesn't have nutrition in mm-hmm. it, but more than the nutrition in it, it's, it's acidic in nature. Mm-hmm. So what happens is, first of all, we don't have the teeth or the claws to go, the, the physical setup for us to be consuming meat. Mm-hmm. After we swallow it and it reaches our stomach, with regard to a carnivore animal, what happens is it quickly absorbs whatever beneficial nutrients that it can absorb, and then it flushes it out in its, uh, you know, it's flushed out of the body. Mm. Whereas for us humans, we have this long intestine, mm-hmm. you know, this ten times our body height intestine, and when we consume meat, it's in our system longer. Mm. So what happens is, first of all, the digestive but, uh, our body is amazing. It's a, it's, a, it's, a mir- it, it's a miracle and a blessing that all of us have. And what it does is first it absorbs all the beneficial nutrients that it can absorb from the meat. Mm-hmm. Then slowly the meat spends so much time in our system that all the beneficial nutrients have been absorbed mm-hmm. and you're left with the not healthy, the acidic thing and all of that. So if you... And that's why one of the uh, com- uh, examples that Emily Pearson shared in that enlightening talk that I attended... She shared that, and anybody who's listening to this will also agree, because I used to be a meat eater mm-hmm. too. If you eat a lot of sikkam, paksha, chasha, nosha, whatever, if mm-hmm. you have a very heavy meat diet, mm-hmm. be it breakfast, lunch, or dinner, immediately after that, you start getting sluggish and sleepy. Yeah, sleepy yes. yeah. And we think that, you know, oh, today I ate so much. Uh-huh. It's not by, by, by coincidence that that's happening. What's happening is you have put... I like this comparison as well also. People say that you've put diesel in a petrol engine car. So what has happened is now that body, this um, human body which was designed to consume plants, you've put meat in that system. Mm. And the whole body is trying its best to digest. And uh, that's why I found out through Emily Pearson that countries like Argentina, Spain, where there is a huge uh, population, where the majority of the population consumes meat, what they have is they have siestas after mealtime so that you can lie down and sleep so that your body can better, you know, so that you are not doing a 
half baked job at the rest of the things that you're trying mm-hmm, to do mm-hmm. so the body is just geared to trying to digest the meat that you're trying to digest but going back to the example of what i was trying to mm-hmm. share if you put diesel continue putting diesel in a petrol engine mm-hmm. it might go to some distance you know but after some time it's going to run out and and one of the primary reason why meat is not healthy for you is it's it's acidic in nature and there might be dangers of your body being too alkaline mm-hmm. but that's a risk i am willing to take because what happens with acidity is that you make your body into this cancer machine you know that's why uh, a meat heavy diet has been linked to cancer it has been linked to especially colon cancer and with regard to dairy mm-hmm. if you are heavy on dairy i it breaks my heart every time i see bbs because i hear about kidney donors yes. one of the most prevalent thing yeah. then i hear about strokes mm-hmm. that the country mm-hmm. is facing now a epidemic which is rising yeah. similarly you hear about cancer and yeah. within cancer you see cervical cancer and you see breast cancer and the data is is scarily it's scary to see that if you are consuming a lot of dairy mm-hmm. then for women the cancer that it affects is breast and mm-hmm. cervical and with regard to men it's prostate mm-hmm. so these are the cancers that and even stomach cancer and all of that you know and these are the cancers that that is ailing the country and we are looking at bandage we are looking at trying to put a bandaid on the wound instead of really treating the mm-hmm. cause of it because we are looking to have cancer hospitals because it's so expensive to refer them to abroad mm-hmm. but if we go to the root of that and if we start advocating a healthy diet so much money can be saved and more than money think about i mean i've had people uh, my elder sister's brother i mean my elder sister's husband late husband uh, passed away because of leukemia mm. so in that very same light i'm sure within your family or extended family or many butanis who are listening to this right now has lost or is battling cancer mm. and with regard forget about the cost of it the emotional cost of it mm. the time that is spent to see someone who can otherwise lead a healthy life mm. dying because of and i'm not saying this diet is going to fix everything yeah, exactly. but then you'll be checking off one important thing mm. you know which could be the cause of your uh, illness and that's why another dialogue that i've been trying to have with all the cso associations like the bhutan kidney association the foundation and nowadays there is bhutan stroke i yes, yes. what we do on changse monday is on tuesday we try to share give share our platform yes. with other csos which yes. do humane work yes. which do environmentally friendly work or which does healthy work yes. and that's how i know all of these csos i never really had a chance to sit down and share a dialogue with them but every now and then i've tried to squeeze in a question of asking where does diet play in your advocacy mm-hmm. and to date nobody has got back to me mm-hmm. saying that you know we feel that a plant based diet is 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 important for your well being and it is Mm. I mean I have to thank the BBS also for why I'm vegetarian and why do changse monday because because I was working at the BBS I went and covered this mm. but, uh, Buddhism and vegetarianism and it has transformed my life mm. and 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 it's sad to see that um, because at that point in time like I shared in the beginning I was the lifestyle and culture mm-hmm. uh, unit producer and I felt it was very important mm-hmm. as a lifestyle and culture uh, explore uh, producer to at least put the message out there mm-hmm. that your diet mm-hmm. is a very very important uh, part of how well you can lead your life mm. and nowadays there are i mean the ministry of health does so many of these things of you know trying to get you to 
this lifestyle uh, diseases that we talk about now type 2 diabetes mm-hmm. i mean it's shocking tandin mm-hmm. if you go on youtube or if you go on google and if you type what is the cure of type 2 diabetes by with a purely plant based diet mm-hmm. now this is where it gets tricky because there is vegetarian food mm-hmm. then there is vegan food and then there is plant based food and with regard to plant based food you don't you won't be using sos i like this acronym s is salt oil and sugar mm. so if you do away with these three things and if you eat a plant based diet i would like to take this platform which you have offered to me and tell everybody who is listening you can stop your diabetes medication mm. you can even reverse diabetes mm. now that's when you have miracle cures like that and you won't have to take medicine you won't have to inject yourself with insulin you know mm-hmm. these are things that that is possible people are doing it there's fox over knife there's plenty of documentaries online mm-hmm. also mm-hmm. online on netflix on youtube much of this because much of the documentaries which are made like this mm-hmm. you will find it on youtube because they are not made for profit they are made for people so that they can change and transform their lives and whatever i shared right now uh-huh. is the tip of the uh, iceberg mm-hmm. heart disease mm-hmm. chronic heart attack stroke all of this can be reversed with a plant based diet and yeah. you don't have to take uh-huh. take my word for it like i shared this google there's plenty of information mm. coming back to how you were sharing about turning vegetarian mullah and listening to this program maybe some people might be inspired to take up a lifestyle a vegetarian lifestyle or a plant based lifestyle so you are living that uh, life mullah so yes. what would be some practical tips for someone who is Um, so who's thinking of getting into a lifestyle like this la so some tips like for beginners for beginners the best tip that i have is changse monday mm-hmm. start with one day don't overwhelm yourself a useful tip would be to start with changse monday mm-hmm. and if you're somebody who eats a meal uh, meat on three meals uh, in a day i would advise to maybe cut one meal mm-hmm. have two meals if you can do it maybe two meals uh, maybe three meals but one day changsem monday you know one day it's anybody can do it even people who who i mean like no matter how much meat you want to eat you know like i don't know what the idea or what the cause is behind why you need to eat meat so much it most of the time boils down to your taste buds mm-hmm. but yeah you can have that much control now all of us are educated enough to know that you know life is precious mm-hmm. now we don't need to maybe in the past uh, uh, time we needed to tell people that roshilu you know if you kick a dog you know it'll feel pain and if you stroke a dog it feels pleasure and you don't need like that kind of proof to know that everybody grows up in schools and mm-hmm. with an education system and you're surrounded by living beings around you everybody wants pleasure and happiness as much as you do mm-hmm. and every time you sit down to eat your meal just think about that if you three times a day you can reaffirm your belief of being an environmentalist mm-hmm. a healthy person or a person who cares about other living beings and you do that by saying no to meat and saying yes to healthy plants and vegetables and like i said a easy tip you you are asking of me and a easy tip is start by the minimal mm-hmm. and build upscale you know go incrementally if you start with one meal next week push it to two meals mm-hmm. three meals and the reason why i share this again is uh, with changse monday we have close to now 77 schools mm-hmm. around bhutan who observe changse monday and uh, one teacher in pemagatsel asked me 
he, he sent me a message on Facebook and he said, Sir, now we have been implementing Changse Monday and we observe Changse Monday and we've been doing it successfully for close to a year now. Mm-hmm. Now what else? Mm. And that, honestly, that did catch me off guard also. And I was like, what else? You know, I was mm-hmm. also scratching my chin and like, they're doing it now. You mm-hmm. know, now what else do I need? Do, do they need to do it? Then I realized that the whole idea behind it is not to stick to that one day. Mm-hmm. If you've... Uh, consolidated that day and if you feel confident in that day spread it to two days mm. make it chunks monday and tuesday mm. then you make it chunks monday tuesday wednesday you know so there are just yeah, seven yeah. days in a week and if uh-huh. you fill up all of those days and i could even share another easy tip of doing that uh-huh. if you're someone who can't stop eating meat this was shared to me even before i I came across this even before I started Changse Monday. Mm-hmm. His Holiness the Dalai Lama, mm-hmm. the Tibetan uh, ruler in exile, he shares that eat meat one day mm-hmm. and don't eat meat the next day. Mm. Alternate eating meat. What happens with that is in a year, six months you won't have eaten meat. Nice. And I like new, you know, like useful tips like that because yeah. it's tricking your mind to say because by the end of the day, if Anybody who's listening to this or should you find the time to read the words of my perfect teacher? Yes. It's a book by Zapatu Rinpoche. And there are very interesting uh, things and stories and parables, Buddhist stories in it. I think it's the closest to a Bible or a Quran or a Bhagavad Gita that mm-hmm. uh, Buddhism has, especially Vajrayana Buddhism has. And what it shares there is, which I've heard His Holiness the Jekhimpo also share many times in his those cassette audios mm-hmm. and you know in his teachings that... Even within Buddhism, when you observe abstinence, mm-hmm. when you say that there's a story of a market, a butcher, mm-hmm. who used to kill, uh, slaughter animals one day and not slaughter animals the, the alternate day. Mm-hmm. And what happened after the butcher is supposed to have died is that one day, because of the fact that he used to slaughter animals, he used to experience the, the pain and the suffering of hell. Mm-hmm. But the next day, he used to enjoy the so-called bliss and pleasure of a celestial paradise. Mm. So there is proof in the Buddhist literature. Mm-hmm. I mean, like there isn't proof as in somebody has gone and <laughs> come back <laughs> with proof in that uh-huh. sense. But there is proof like that. And going back to what you shared, there are, I mean, train your mind to find solutions mm. instead of problems. And that's what I've come to discover by keeping a gratitude journal, which I highly recommend to you if you don't do it. And as well as all the listeners as well also, because we are programmed to wake up in the morning and wake up with yesterday's problems Mm. or about tomorrow's problems. And what this gratitude journal and all of these things does, it it reprograms our brain to think about not what we don't have, but what we have. Mm. And that very simple switch makes transform your transforms your life why the name jangsem monday jangsem monday the name jangsem monday came about because one of the reasons i came on board mm-hmm. and wanted to advocate uh, jangsem uh, monday here in bhutan is because of the approach that the parent organization uh, because jangsem monday has its origin in the us every time i say this i i always put a caveat saying that you know one of the few good things that came out from the U.S. So Meatless Monday, they 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 share that um, they give you this flexibility mm. that any country which comes on board, you can name it whatever you want. In fact, although they try to lean towards the fact that you should make it a Monday, there are some meat, uh, Jangsem Monday or Meatless Monday or Meat Free Monday uh, 
camp campaigns happening in Europe, mm. which is on a Thursday. I think France has it on Thursday. Mm. I think Italy or somewhere has it on a Friday. So they give you that flexibility, nice. and uh, different countries do it with uh, different. Uh, they they bring in their own method, their own culture onto it. So they g- give me the freedom to name it whatever I want and mm. choose whichever day I wanted. And uh, going back to 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 my own spiritual evolution mm-hmm. uh, with regard to having adopted a Buddhist, uh, uh, being a practicing Buddhist now for close to twenty plus years, I find that the essence of Buddhism. I mean, when you asked, uh, I had the good fortune of working for the BBS and asking many Rinpoches mm-hmm. that question: that what is the essence? Can you share a simple tip? You know, like something that people can use in a daily life and Enlightened masters have shared in their wisdom and grace, like many interesting things. Much of it is derived from, you know, Dikpachiya Machaji, Kewa Pinsum Soprache, Rangi Sutemni Yosudil Tini Sangye Tembai, which translates as uh, not to do a single non-virtuous act, do as much virtuous act as you can, tame your mind and you're a Buddha. And that, in a way, does simplify Buddhism. But for me, I find the core, the essence of Buddhism is Chanchupsem. Mm-hmm. And Chanchupsem is Bodhisattva, you know, the Bodhicitta, whatever you want to call it. Not whatever you want to call it. It is. <laughs> Bodhicitta is yeah, Chanchupsem. And Chanchupsem is, is the heart or the, 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 for me, that is the essence of Buddhism. And uh, when the reason why I called it Changsem Monday was I wanted to start off by making people not to uh, I started I wanted to start off by telling people not to eat meat on Monday Mm -hmm. but then I wanted to expand on that idea Mm -hmm. because like I shared in the beginning uh, the beginning of this uh, answer that uh, meatless Monday allows you to bring whatever you want to bring from your culture so I wanted to bring I wanted Monday to be a day not just confined to not eating meat but I wanted this day to be an environmental day. Mm. I wanted this day to be where you wake up ecologically, mm. a day where you care for others more. Mm. And with regard to that, going back to that Pema Gatsal story where the teacher asked me, what do we do now? Mm. I told them, now that you are practicing Changsem Monday and observing Changsem Monday within your school, I said, take the message across the mm. school boundaries. I said, nowadays I hear a lot about Kung Tom, you know, mm-hmm. in Bhutan. Yeah. And I saw it also when I went on tours, even before I resigned, mm-hmm. in Parsam, in like, you know, so many places in the East, even here in the West, in the villages, we have our senior citizens living there. Mm-hmm. All the wisdom just, just, you know, lying to waste there with, with anyway, that's a to- subject of a totally different topic. But what I was trying to tell them is, try to find, if it's possible, to fit it within your school curriculum, mm. to go and visit these Gung Toms, to meet the senior citizens. Maybe their garden needs weeding. Mm. Maybe they, they don't have a source to water. Mm. So if your school is observing Changsem Monday, go beyond your school uh, fences, see the senior citizens, people who are disabled, people who need help, mm-hmm. you know. So I wanted Changsem Monday to be this day where you forget yourself in a sense Mm -hmm. and you start to live it for others. And if you can start exercising that muscle of living for others, you know, it just gets stronger and stronger like gymming. So eventually it comes to you naturally. So the reason why I chose Changsem Monday, the name is because of that. I didn't want it to confine it to just Mm -hmm. not eating meat. And another reason is if you've heard the Changsem Monday song. Yes, yes. Yeah. 
So the song itself has a Western instrument, but Chiring Doji yeah. sings a Zongkha song. Mm, yes. So in that very same sense, Monday is an English word, but Changsem is ex- actually a Chike, is not really Zongkha, but it's, it's a fusion. Mm. And I feel what happens with that is the Western wo- language, Monday is an English word, and Changsem is an Eastern word. So I feel that East and West, eventually, if you want to move forward, as to overcome climate change, overcome pandemics, Me Too movement, be it whatever, you know, mm. all of this Black Lives Matter. If all of these messages need to come across and if we want to evolve as a human race, as a collective consciousness, then we can do that when East and West comes together. Mm. There is a very popular song by um, Red Hot Chili Peppers. No, uh, there's a song called Californication and <laughs> in that song it says there is a part in the song where it says the sun may rise in the east but it settled in a final location Min- meaning in a sense that we're always trying to there is enough reason in our life to see a separation mm. but when you actually think about it the sun rises in the east but it doesn't set in the east it yeah. sets in the west and now you can derive different meanings mm. of oh it sets there and doom and all of that but it, a sunrise is a beautiful phenomena and a, and a sunset is an equally beautiful phenomena. And I think East and West coming together mm. is, is when we will be able to move forward. While I was having this conversation with Karma, Karma shared to me something very interesting about how he keeps a gratitude journal. So let's learn more about what a gratitude journal is. Thanks to Oprah and the Super Soul Sunday show podcast is to keep a gratitude journal now this information what i'm sharing with you is i'm just a medium here it's a harvard tested uh, experiment and research what they did in harvard for 10 plus years i think now close to 20 years now is that they found that by training your mind by training the human mind to be grateful and this exercise takes uh, at best two minutes to three minutes to think of three things that you can be grateful for in your life. And and some people do it in the, the first thing when they wake up in the morning. Most people do it dinner time as a family or you can do it yourself if you're living alone. You can keep a journal and you write down three things that you're grateful for. And it has a stronger impact if you write it down mm. because I've tested this now. Uh, and, and I've seen that I used to do it mentally before, uh, but now I write it down. And three things that you're grateful for. And it literally takes you two to three minutes max that you're grateful for maybe the air you breathe. Maybe you're grateful for being able to walk. You know, mm-hmm. maybe you're grateful for the food, food or for the apple that you're just eating or for the day or something nice happened. And this amazing thing, what this what this test has shown is that even 80 year old pessimists, people who have been pessimists their whole mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. When they did this, when they started to keep a gratitude journal, mm-hmm. in 21 days, they turned optimists. Mm. And now the amazing data behind this is for a neurologist. I shared this as a Facebook post on my own personal page. There is a, uh, there is a cliched line in the neurological world where they say that neurons that, wi- uh, neurons that fire together wire together. Mm-hmm. What that translates in layman term is, uh, layman's term is that uh, things that you do, uh, neurons in a sense, nerves, uh, habits that you cultivate for 21 days, if you're able to sustain a habit for 21 days, then it has a greater chance, a greater chance of becoming a lifelong habit. 
because what happens is once you start to do that it your neurons start to create a pathway mm-hmm. so deepak chopra the spiritual guru mm-hmm. as well as this other guest sean young or something like that who talks about this particular experiment uh, in the oprah winfrey show uh, not the oprah winfrey show the super soul sunday show so he shared that even um, children and the best part is if you can bring your uh, children or your younger siblings or your nephews and niece to do this then you are setting them up for to be an optimist in life mm-hmm. and like we shared through the length of the conversation and uh, in in the interview that we were talking about that uh, we spend most of our lives noticing what we don't have mm-hmm. we are wired that way but we can change that wiring by because what happens is i'm speaking this out of experience what happens is once i once you start to uh, keep a journal mm-hmm. and you are thinking of three things to write down mm-hmm. then you spend the rest of the day trying to look at things to be grateful for mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right now our standard practice is we look at things and we notice things even without thinking subconsciously mm-hmm. we'll see what things are not there and what things are not you know not right mm-hmm. but once you start keeping this journal and you start to you know think about uh, what can i what three things can i do i uh, can i write down later during dinner time so you spend the day looking for things to be grateful for mm-hmm. so it's flipping the switch mm-hmm. on negativity and switching on positivity and the best part about keeping a journal i said uh, like i shared with you uh, earlier I used to uh, keep a mental note of it but then I forgot about it and it still had a positive influence in my day mm-hmm. but what happens when you keep a journal is say some days are especially hard mm-hmm. some days you can't feel grateful mm-hmm. and when you're sitting down and you're feeling depressed or whatever and if you go to your happiness uh, gratitude journal mm-hmm. then it reignites what you were grateful mm-hmm. for In conclusion, adopting a plant-based diet is crucial for several compelling reasons. First, it promotes overall health and well-being by reducing the risks of chronic diseases. Secondly, choosing plant-based options is environmentally sustainable. Moreover, a plant-based diet aligns with ethical considerations related to animal welfare. A plant-based diet not only benefits personal health but also addresses global environmental challenges and ethical concerns. It represents a holistic and sustainable choice that contributes to the well-being of individuals, animals, and the planet as a whole. With this, we come to the end of today's episode of One Earth. Remember, we only have one Earth.